Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. Today we are talking about one of the techniques that both Beck and I use to maintain the levels of stuff in our homes and it's something that we thought we'd talk about that you could consider using if you don't already. It's a technique called one in, one out. It's a pretty simple concept, but sometimes it can be a bit hard to apply. And sometimes we try and work our way around the rule or the technique <laughs> if it doesn't <laughs> suit us. But I really like it. And for people that are systems minded or rule followers, like I tend to be, it definitely works for me. What do you think, Beck? Oh, yeah, totally agree. And I think even for people who aren't systems minded or rule following, it works for them because it's simple and there is a, a trigger that's already there. It's not something that you necessarily have to find an internal reminder to do because you get the external trigger of the item entering the home. And so I think it's really good for people like me who are a bit more chaotic as well because it uh, becomes more, it's easier to become a habit because it's got that external trigger already. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you that aren't familiar with it, I guess the idea is that when one thing enters your home, one thing leaves your home. And in that sense, you maintain the levels of stuff. Um, it's a great practice for once you've finished decluttering and you're you're happy with the levels of stuff that you've got in your house, Um, especially if you've got suitable storage or just enough storage to hold all your current things, then it's a really nice way of making sure you don't get to the point of overflowing again. Yeah, it kind of, it's one of those things that's part of a lifestyle change that comes with decluttering. And if you do engage in an activity like this, Uh, it does reduce the need for big decluttering projects later on. And, you know, some people like doing the binge decluttering, so it suits them to, you know, every year go through things and do a big purge, and that's cool. But if you want to avoid that or if that doesn't work for you or if you tend to put off the big purge because it gets overwhelming, then this method actually means that you, you don't ever need to do a big purge. You might be motivated to do one occasionally, but there won't be the need there based on clutter levels. So I want to go through a few things that it's important to remember. If you're thinking about using this technique or if you use it already, I feel like the first step is to recognize the feeling you have of having enough because so often, especially in the society we live in, there's this mindset of always having to attain more. And we've talked about that. Everything's got to be bigger, better, more. Mm. And that the more you have, the happier you'll be or the more successful you'll be or the better human you are. Um, (laughs) So I think you need to pause and think about the feeling of having enough and start to recognize it. And then, you know, come to a place of being satisfied with the volume of your belongings. Because if you're still in that headspace of the more I have, the more successful I am, then you will want to add more rather than um, take away and, and stay at the same level. So you've got, you kind of got to get to that place first. Mm. 
it's a gratitude thing too, isn't it? And an acceptance thing. It's all about looking at your life and saying, okay, I have, I have enough. I'm, I'm satisfied. And if I do need anything else, it's not going to be more. It's going to be a replacement of something I already have to, to make things better. For example, you know, if you want to get a new can opener because your other can opener hurts your hand, then you bring in a can opener that is going to uh, enhance your life and then the other can opener um, leaves. And so, you know, you're acquiring then based on improving your life but not improving your life through more, improving your life through different or enhanced or better quality or something like that. So um, if you can be accept where you are as being good enough and enough, then then yeah that's that does facilitate or helps facilitate the the whole one in one out process because like you said if you keep wanting more then one in one out isn't isn't necessarily for you or it's not gonna it's not gonna have the same effect as what it would if you were in acceptance mode Mm, definitely Uh, I think something that's really important to remember when you're applying this technique is to try and have the need for a new item arise first. So think about replacement, maybe if something's damaged or broken or worn out or an upgrade. So it doesn't just have to be that you keep everything that you have and you can't replace it until it's broken. If you've got, like you said, a can opener, if you've got um, a pair of shoes that you loved, but they pinch your toes and so you're avoiding them and you want to upgrade to a, better pair or a more expensive pair or a, you know, more comfortable pair. Um, You can, you know, it's about upgrade as well. But I guess the important thing is to have the need first because what can happen, and I've done this before, I'm definitely putting my hand up here, that you purchase thoughtlessly and then find something to discard later like, oh, I just really loved that jacket. I'll bring that jacket home and go, oh, one in, one out. Uh, which jacket do I need to get rid of so that this one can come in? It should be the other way around. So it should mm. be. It can still work that way. Like you can still, if you get overcome by impulse when you're shopping and you buy something and then you come home and go, oh, well, okay, so now I don't have as much room in my wardrobe or I don't have room in my wardrobe for this particular top. I'm going to need to get rid of one. And then you kind of force yourself to get rid of one. So it has the same effect at the end. I think it's just harder work isn't it than 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 doing it the, your the way you're suggesting it still works like you still get rid of something but it's just not as easy yeah and it's it kind of goes against the idea of intentionality then because yeah, if yeah. you can pause at the point of purchase so this is what I've worked really hard in the last few years to do is I will go oh I love that I want it it's in my hand and <laughs> as I'm walking to the counter to buy it <laughs> Or when it's in my basket online and I'm clicking through to the checkout thing, I pause at that point of purchase and then I think about, hang on, uh, what is what is going? What, what do I need to replace or what am I upgrading before I purchase this? And if I can't think of something, then I will try to not buy because there's no real need. Mm. It's, it's, it's happened without any intention. It's just been like the shiny sparkly thing that – Um, I was attracted to so I think if you especially if you're trying to um, curb the amount of unintentional purchases 
to try and have the need first or at least pause mm. and identify what you're going to um, trade out or let go of first, it, that will yeah. start to help you purchase more intentionally. Yeah. I had a, I might have even told this story on the podcast before, but I had a client who had a, um, a book fetish and she would buy books whenever she was stressed out and um, she went shopping once and grabbed these three books and was and I'd been working with her for a couple of weeks but she in this moment of distress she slipped into the old habits and she grabbed these books and she went to pay for them and she managed to stop herself on the way and it was a different thought that she had but it was still at that moment and she thought where am I going to put these and so she she sort of then went through okay well I've already got more books than space, so I'm going to put them back. And she put them back. And then what she did was she thought about was one of the books just played on her mind all week. She kept thinking about it. I really want that book. I really want that book. So what she did is she went and found a book to discard, got rid of it, then went back and bought that book. And um, so she sort of did that the whole one in, one out. And so she kind of had a bit of a mixture of the impulse, um, resisting the impulse, but then finding the need actually came up a bit later on. Mm-hmm. And um, so then she did the one in, one out then. So I think it's, like you said, it's all down to intentionality um, in, in purchasing. And, and that question of, of, like you said, of asking yourself, you know, uh, what is this replacing? What am I upgrading or replacing? And if we're not upgrading or replacing, where is this going to live? And if there isn't any room for it, then it can't. But if it's something new, like if you've got a blank wall and you're buying a print you might not have to think, what is this replacing? But you do have to think, where is this going to live? So that it doesn't end up in the back of the wardrobe waiting to waiting for <laughs> space on the wall. Um, yeah. And the, I think the other thing, which I try to do, doesn't always work, is to apply within the same category of item, if you can. So if you're yeah, yeah. bringing in, um, okay, I'm talking from experience here because I do buy a lot of coats and jackets, right? If I'm bringing in a new coat or maybe a new pair of jeans, which is, I would consider a sizable item, don't, or try really hard not to fall into the trap of throwing out the odd sock that you can't find the partner (laughs) for, or um, you let go of a pair of chopsticks in in your (laughs) utensil drawer to replace the pair of shoes you brought in for your wardrobe so (laughs) if you can it's really helpful to think about it in terms of categories so if I'm bringing a coat in which coat am I letting go if I'm bringing in a kitchen utensil which kitchen utensil am I letting go Um, yeah otherwise it's just not helpful because you bring in big stuff you let go of small stuff that's inconsequential and it kind of defeats the point yeah, and it doesn't help you maintain your storage spaces because you know you're bringing some you're bringing things into one storage space and removing them from another, and um, eventually that the coat storage is going to fill up, you know, and then you're going to have to do a declutter or you're going to have to take up another storage space, which defeats the whole purpose of of living uncluttered. So yeah, exactly right. Stick within the category as best you can, and and that's what I do. Um, pretty much, I stick within my category when it comes to most. Most things, actually, if not if not all, I tend to not even. When you started you saying that, I actually realised it hadn't occurred to me because I don't do that. Like I always stick within my category. And when you mentioned that, I went, "Oh yeah, of course." Like people would do that, and I've probably done it, you know, a long time ago. But yeah, it didn't occur to me. But yeah, definitely, 
definitely best to stick within the category or at least within the storage space that that Mm. you know so if you're buying makeup you know you might not necessarily need to get rid of some makeup but you might have to get rid of some nail polishes or something like that because they all kind of get stored in the same area I think it's really key as well certainly in this house to act on it immediately and not be tempted to think I've brought something in or I'll get rid of something later leave it to a future time because in our house that just doesn't happen it slips from memory and we forget so I'm pretty good with it now but I have to remind my kids quite often and hubby as well if he buys something I'll be like, oh, great, you know, as we're cutting the tags off of the top. So can you go find me the top that's coming out to put in the bag for charity? Or, okay, now that you've replaced those trainers, are the other ones going in the bin or what are we doing with them? And so I will prompt people to do it as the new item slides into position because the idea that we'll get to that later, that and then that just becomes, um, defeats the whole point and it becomes a later yeah. declutter of, you know, a whole lot of stuff and – yeah which then all adds up into a big later yeah, declutter. Yeah, exactly right. An overwhelming one, yeah. Um, I believe problems arise with this technique, and it's really the only problem I can think of, is that some people will use this rule as an excuse to continually buy and just churn. Mm, churn. Churn through all the items. So because you've decluttered and you've got a great space and you're happy with your storage, everything fits, you feel calm. Then you think I'll buy and I'll get rid of, and I'll go out tomorrow and I'll buy something and I'll get rid of something. And you, you lose the intentionality, even if you're discarding the right item from the right space and the right category and all of that kind of stuff, but you still end up shopping completely unintentionally and you just justify your behavior thinking that you're getting rid of stuff. So I think it's really important Mm. to not use it as an excuse to just churn through stuff. Yeah. And I think depending on, it depends on your values as well as to how important this is. Uh, I see obviously that would be costly um, from a bank account perspective, Uh, and from an environmental perspective. So if you value financial conservatism or what's what's the word, financial prudence and uh, environmental sustainability, then that behaviour would would go against those values. And so I think that, yeah, if if you're looking at engaging in this habit, also look at how it aligns with your values as well because you might find that it does prompt you to do some behavior that might go against your values. And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right, now back to the discussion. So let's give some examples, Beck. I um, I use this in most areas that I can think of, certainly for clothes, certainly for shoes, accessories like handbags, scarves, jewellery, all of that. I think because I've taken the time to declutter and I'm really happy with the amount of stuff I have, the storage I have, the space I have, the air that is around my things that I actually am really 
conscientious about keeping it that way. So I um, recently actually bought some shoes online. So after I had ankle surgery years ago, I could stop being able to wear proper heels and can only really wear wedges. And there are times in life when wedges are in and there are whole seasons where wedges are totally out and I can't mm. find a new pair of shoe, like heels mm. anywhere. Or there's lots of casual wedges and no dressy wedges or vice versa. So when I see wedges that I like and even better if they're on sale because I'm a bit of a bargain hunter, <laughs> I'm tempted to just grab them all. So the other day, or not the other day, it was probably a couple of months ago, I saw a shop that I liked wedges that I liked and I know are comfortable because I already have a pair um they had a few other colors in on sale so I picked orange navy and green the exact same wedges as the tan ones I already own and put them all in my basket because they're on sale and then I was like okay hang on what are these replacing and I before I checked out went to my wardrobe and was like right okay I'm, for these th- three new pairs of wedges to fit in, I would need to get rid of three. And I'm like, there's there was one pair, my navy ones that were looking really tired and I'd been looking for them. So I was like, that's perfect. That's one in, one out and I'm upgrading. There's a need there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I can't justify the green ones. That's just a me wanting them. And then the orange ones, I had a different pair of wedges that were not the same style but I'd had for years and years and I never wore because I loved the look of them, but they just weren't comfortable. So I was like, right there, those two can trade in and I feel like I'm meeting a need of some sort. Um, but the green ones I can't justify and I've got nothing else that I want to get rid of because I like all the other stuff. So they came out of my basket and I just bought the two, but it's that whole idea of just pause for a second, Mm. go, hang on, what am I, what am I letting go of? And because if I hadn't let go of anything, there's no, they wouldn't have fit. My shoe storage is like at capacity with Mm. some space around it. So it was that whole idea of just just pausing and and doing it. We do it a lot with kids' books as well. And look, my books as well. Um, My kids, I will have them do lots of stuff, bags and handbags. Like kids, my girls get lots of handbags as birthday presents and stuff like that. They don't even really use them. So I tell them to have one handbag um and like backpacks and stuff like that and so if Mm. one comes in we figure out which one they want and then let go of the others soft toys I started doing that years and years ago (laughs) same (laughs) add a soft toy and then we we recycle my recommendation before you go my Mm -hmm. recommendation to anyone who is about to have a baby or has a very young child start now (laughs) with one in one out (laughs) on soft toys early as possible sorry go on um so the hard part is because you can't donate soft toys quite often, it's, it feels really hard to let go of them, I think. Um, so for us, we, we don't have that many soft toys coming in anymore, which is great. But what we used to do, um, and I'm sure there's some pet lovers out there that will be a bit annoyed by this, but we would donate the soft toy to the dog. So <laughs> our dog loves teddies and he has them inside and snuggles up with them or chews on their faces for a while. But we, we only let him have them inside so that if the eyes or noses, because they're not designed for dogs, start getting a bit loose, we'll cut them out and that kind yeah. of thing so we can't choke on them. And then as soon as the stuffing starts coming out, then they go in the bin and the next soft toy comes out of the box. Um, so the kids, if they bring them in, 
we give the dog one and the rest go in his box in the laundry and then so they only come out occasionally. As but that's destroys how them. we and the girls are okay with that, even though they're watching their beautiful beloved toys be mangled by our dog. It <laughs> feels like someone else is loving them for a while before yeah, they, yeah. they're not going straight in the bin. Okay, um, what you mean? Yeah. We had to get serious on one in, one out with stationery with our kids because that was exploding for a while there. And then I've recently started doing this with extracurricular activities. So mm-hmm. um, in terms of sports or dancing or something like that after school, I let them have two per term and then they can have one extra thing that's creative or different, which is like could be like choir or um, a drama class or something like that. So when they say, I really want to do soccer this term, I go, great. Which one are you giving up, netball or cheerleading? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that works well, well for us. I also do it with decor, like cushions and vases, books, like I said. there's a, We've got a street library, so I walk past that most days. If I walk past it and I see a book I like, I've got a couple here which are currently in my pile to be donated to the charity shop. And I'll come and grab them and whiz it down mm. and swap one in. Um, and I, we do a lot of it with phone charges and that kind of electrical stuff because you might buy something new, like buy a new phone, and it comes with another charger. And you stop using your old phone and you might even donate it, but quite often the chargers stick around. So we try really hard with that electrical stuff to circulate it. What about mm. you, Beck? I, we can never have enough chargers in our <laughs> house. So. I would never do one in one out with chargers. I would wait until I had like an entire tub full of them before I got rid of any because we fight over like, where's the charger? What? There's only two chargers in the charging station and there's meant to be four. And they keep like, Mick hoards them and he says, I only use the ones that came with my device. And I'm like, yeah, I think you might have a couple of spares floating around in the car that you steal. And he has one that's permanently attached to his computer and none of us do. So it's like he's got two permanent three about three permanent ones and so um yeah he's he sort of stashes them away a little bit and um that said he never loses any so he's doing better than the rest of us because we lose them but yeah charges um no i i will hoard charges <laughs> <laughs> i like having lots of them it's like oh charge oh my god they're like gold um so what so what yeah do well, you do i'm, I'm very similar to you yeah i'm very similar to you i i'm very strict about it with my clothes so every time I buy something, I will get rid of a similar item. So if I do it buy a top of some kind, it'll be a top that leaves or a jacket or whatever. Unless I have done a declutter recently and there's a bit of air in there um, and I, I know that there's room. But if it's at capacity, then I will always do the one in, one out. And I'm not as good at you, as you are at doing it before I make the purchase. I will sometimes do it after. But, my, the th- but, but that said... Most of my purchases are replacing something that's worn out. And so I already know I need that thing. So I've already done the thinking before the purchase. But occasionally if I impulse buy, I will have to get rid of something of a different category. Shoes, I am usually pretty strict at this. I was um, a bit slack recently because my favorite shoe store closed down and I it's where I buy pretty much all of my shoes. <laughs> And they closed down and they had a sign on the window. I walked past when I was going to get my groceries and had a sign on the window saying that they were all going to be sold at auction. So I was like, okay, I had my eye on a couple of pair, but even more now, if they're going to be all like cheap, I'm going to sort of dive in and get some. (laughs) Anyway, 
I ended up buying like um, three pairs of sand shoes. One, two, three, four. Four pairs of sand shoes and one pair of brogues and one pair of boots. So I bought like five pairs of shoes all in one go, which I've never done in my life. And so while I'm purchasing them and thinking about it, I was thinking about how much space that I had and I certainly did not need three pairs of sand shoes. I love them all. Like, no, four, four pairs of sand shoes. Oh, it's six pairs of shoes I bought. Oh, my God. So four pairs of sand shoes. So one of them was definitely replacing ones that had been a bit worn out. And I, I gave those to Zoe and I got the new ones. And the other three were just like for the fun of it because they were cheap and really cool. And so I've had to make some room for those. And then the boots replaced a pair. I gave um, a, a, my pair of boots that I was replacing because they were just a little bit too small for me. They would pinch me. And so I replaced those and gave them to a friend. And the brogues, I was replacing a pair that had fallen apart. So it was really just those three pairs of sand shoes mm-hmm. <laughs> that I didn't do and uh, I didn't do consciously. And so I think I did like the other three left and they were one for one. So like converse for converse, boots for boots, brogues for brogues. And then I think I also get rid of one other pair of shoes as well, just to make a little bit more space for the sand shoes. So normally I'm very strict on that, but I, I got a bit slack um, because I got excited by these sand shoes and I, I do... I love them. They're awesome. I don't regret it <laughs> for a second. They're so cool. Some of the ones I got were, uh, I was so excited to get them. Plants, like I have to do one in one out with my plants because I have too many in the house already and I've run out of spots to put them. So if one dies, um, I'll buy a new one. Is one out when one dies? It's one out, one in <laughs> instead yeah, right. of one in, one out. Yeah. Um, if it dies, I will replace it with another one. Uh, and pots as well. I am pretty. I have to be pretty good about pots of one in one out because you can collect pots, especially if they come with a plant that then dies. Then you've got a plant with no pot, and if your replacement one comes in a pot, then you don't have. You know, you've got extra pots. So I have to be really careful about not collecting up too many pots. So I do have one in one out with my pots. Um, the same as you with school activities. We're, um, we're always really strict on one out, one one in one out on that because I wasn't going to be driving around all hours every night of the week taking people places um so that was a strict rule as well books i do do but i tend to be more of a declutterer like i'll i'll do it later unless the bookcase is full at the time so if it's full then it's one in one out but i don't actually have many physical books anyway um what else do i do it for um oh linen and towels really strict about that because i have a certain amount of space that I have for linen and if I buy even one more item it's all going to throw the whole thing out of whack so anytime I replace any linen uh, like if I buy a new doona cover I have to get rid of a doona cover so I'm really quite strict about that and towels I think that's about it so I think that's given people a few ideas of how they could apply it the other thing you can consider is if you can take the concept further so One in, one out we mentioned is great when you're in maintenance mode, when you're happy with how much stuff you've got in your house. You could also take this technique to one in, two out or more than that out 
if you want to use it as a tool for decluttering. So if you don't want to set aside the morning or a day or a month to declutter your whole house and you just want to work on it bit by bit, maybe if you start applying one in, two out, then gradually you will reduce the volume of stuff in your house. It's a great slow and steady approach to decluttering. And so, yeah, if you do do the opposite of what I did with my shoes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you buy one pair of shoes, see if you can find two or three or four, depending on how much stuff you've got to dispose of. And, yeah, that's a lovely slow and steady approach to decluttering that's clean and tidy. You're not going to make a big mess pulling everything out. Um, it will happen over time nicely and, and you'll get a, a lovely – habit from that that will last through into the maintenance stage the other way you could consider taking this one in one out further like we said with commitments or after school activities for kids you could also use it if you feel like your social life or your spare time is really full or crowded or you're feeling a bit overwhelmed maybe you could think about applying it to those extra things you take on maybe like volunteering if you work in the school canteen or you're you're coaching a team or mm-hmm. you're on a committee. Maybe you work out what is a decent level or a level you're happy with. Maybe that's two extra commitments a week. And then if something comes to you, someone asks you to volunteer for something, you say, okay, I have to get rid of one of my existing commitments. One new commitment or responsibility in, which means I will let go of a previous one I've said yes to. And then you know, recognize that your time is finite. So instead of keeping on adding and saying yes to everyone, you work out if there's something you can let go before you bring that next thing in. Definitely. I think women especially do take on too much because we do struggle a little bit more than men, I think, in saying no. And I think having this rule, it it sort of means that you're not saying no to the person, you're saying yes to your rule and um, and it's mm-hmm. the rules fault, not yours, <laughs> that you have to say no. And I think it can, it can feel a little bit easier that way. And you can explain that to people. If someone says, oh, look, I mm. want you to be in charge of the bake sale. Clearly I've been watching too many American rom-coms. <laughs> Do we even use the words bake sale? You've been sale? watching bad mums, haven't you? Yeah, we don't even use the word bake sale. <laughs> um, cake day, cake yeah. day, darling. If, uh, if someone asks you to be the... Um, organizer for the school cake day then (laughs) you say to them look I would but I try and practice one in and one out with all my volunteering commitments and at the moment I'm mid sport season and I'm coaching this team and um, I'm committed to working in the canteen so I just I'm not in a position to say no to either of those right now which means I can't say yes to this and you can explain that rule you know what people will be like that's awesome good on you teach me yeah they wish they they wish they'd done that in the first place because then they wouldn't be having to f- ask you to do things <laughs> yeah. um and that's that's the point and, and just in and you don't have to apologize you know it's it's about just stating the facts and and it's sort of like a way of saying yes without saying well, no it's like a way of saying no without saying yes i guess so no it's like a way of saying no without saying no no, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is uh, it's like you're, uh, you're saying no, but it sounds like you're saying yes. So what you do is you use the word yes in order to say no. So you say, yes, I am more than happy to help out with bake day. Would you like to find somebody who can replace me for canteen for that week so that I can do the cake day? And so you're saying yes to cake day, but what you're also saying is 
you then need to work out how I can drop my other thing um, or I'm going to tell you that I'm going to drop it. It's like at work, you know, if, if you've got somebody that keeps giving you projects to do, um, you can say, yes, sure, I'll do that project. Out of these other four projects you gave me, which one do you want me to put to the bottom of the list so I can do this new one? So you're saying yes, but you're actually saying no. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. Have you read the book Essentialism now, Beck? Because that's one of the principles in there. Oh, I've, I got halfway through it. It's, I, I'm terrible. I, the thing is, it's a physical book and I think I'm going to have to, even though I've got the book that you sent me and it's there and I, I look at it and I see it, I don't read it because it's a physical book and the only time I get to read is when I drag myself to bed at quarter to 11 at night and Mick's already in bed trying to sleep and I can't put the light on to read. So I have to read it on my iPad. So then I end up reading my library books on my iPad. And so that essentialism book has sat there waiting for me to read it. And I did, like, I think I told you that I read the first chapter and the next day I got up and I changed the structure of my business. Like I deleted my entire entire website, cancelled a domain, deleted Facebook pages, deleted Facebook group to narrow down my focus. So it actually has had an effect on me already. I just haven't read the whole thing yet. (laughs) So, oh, well, I'm glad that I'm, I'm, so I'm already doing some of the things that he says to do. So that's uh-huh. good. It's really uh-huh. good that I wasn't the one that did his interview. <laughs> I'll be like, you know, um, I haven't read your book, but anyway, tell me about it. It's a bit rude. Oh, uh, no, I love it. Well, and this is the thing, I guess it's about working out what is important. And this is the same with this one in one out. What is important? What do you want? What do you need? Stop bringing Mm. extra stuff in because it just diverts your time, your energy, your attention. And when everything is important, nothing is important. The last, oh no, there's two more. There's one that I don't necessarily agree with that Beck will talk about in a minute. But one other way I think you could take it further is with finances. So potentially if, you know, if you're on a budget or you want to just keep your spending in check, maybe you make a trade-off. So if you subscribe to something new, be it a TV streaming service or a magazine or something, what is one that you already have that you can let go of? Um, if you take on com- financial commitments, <clears throat> is there a different financial commitment that you can let go of that you don't use anymore? Memberships, if you're now taking on a membership at the gym, can you let go of your membership to yoga class or something like that? Expenses generally if you're bringing extra expenses into your life, what existing ones do you have that you can let go? Like we said before, your time is finite, recognize that your money is finite also. So rather than just adding more and more financial commitments, work out which ones you might've outgrown or you could let go of. That's great advice. I think that whole, that's a really good way of looking at, um, at your expenses because quite a lot of the time we do unconsciously add stuff, don't we? And the the subscription thing you know when disney first released when disney released the kids were like we want to have disney because zoe loves disney the disney animated movies and ethan loves star wars and um marvel and so it was like a bit of a no-brainer and um they're like we're gonna get disney and i said oh sure which one do you want to drop netflix or stan because we already had netflix and stan and so we all decided to drop stan and so we ended up with netflix and disney and uh, yeah, so that's the, the one thing that we did as well. 
Um, so the one that you, you don't agree with me with is when we were talking about this before, I mentioned emails and Tara went, uh, nah. So how do you do one out, <laughs> one in, one out with emails? You explain it to us, Beck. Well, it doesn't have to be strictly one in, one out. But if you want to maintain the status quo, you know, if you're getting 15 emails a day, then you need to be dealing with 15 emails a day, either removing them altogether or archiving them or putting them in a folder. And um, so I sort of mean your inbox more than emails completely. But, you know, it will save you from building your emails up to a certain point. So uh, if you just if you have 20 emails in your inbox and 15 come in overnight then 15 have to leave your inbox either by you actioning them or deleting them or unsubscribing so they don't come back again that kind of thing yeah I guess I can see your point now I <laughs> what were I, you thinking I when I first said emails then? I was more thinking like oh, I don't know that you're maintaining inbox zero so every oh. email that comes in has to be has to go out or has to be action and I was like well yeah but that can't like and I guess thinking about it in my terms of one in and one out which is almost immediate yeah and because you have no control to a certain extent of what comes in I was thinking well what if you've got a busy day and you get 50 emails how are you going to get 50 emails out but um but uh, I think the idea of setting a limit that maybe yeah. you know you you're happy to maintain 20 emails in your inbox but no more so you when you see you're over that limit you try and bring it back down yeah and also usually most well, I would say I'd hazard to guess and say probably 99% of the people that are listening 90% of people anywhere but mostly the people that are listening uh, do not have zero inbox and because it's very very hard to maintain a zero inbox unless you've got a particular system but I think most people will have in emails in their inbox that they have already dealt with but just haven't got around to getting rid of or deleting. So it might not be things that you need to action. It might just be an old one that you're like, oh, well, there's five emails from that conversation. I can delete the four previous ones because the last one has the entire thread in it. So it's little things like that where it's like, oh, well, I've dealt with that. I can delete that now. And um, we often leave those there until, you know, I don't know, we have to do a bulk delete or we get tired of it or whatever instead of doing that, you know, little chipping away at it. And so I think if you're thinking of it as a one-in, one-out thing, you get more into a chipping away mindset than a leaving it until you have to do a whole lot of work mindset. Yeah, that makes sense. And also the whole idea, if you're putting your name on a mailing list or, you know, subscribing oh, to yeah. a blog or something like that, pick one that you're already subscribed to or you already get newsletters from and unsubscribe unsubscribe mm. to that so I think for me my limit is 15 I have 15 stores or people that I subscribe to their stuff and then if I bring one on I let go of one that I'm not reading and that kind of keeps me in check mm. and it always makes you rethink as well that that whole pause at the point of purchase it's like when someone says oh would you like to join this mm. club or um do you want this freebie sign up here I go um have I got something that I'm currently getting that I'm just regularly not reading that I want to get rid of and then I go actually no <laughs> I don't want your freebie that bad <laughs> that I want to get rid of my existing subscriptions uh yeah so. I'm often I often subs um, subscribe to things and then almost instantly unsubscribe and uh, so if I want it for a short period of time so if I want it in order to get like a freebie so a free template or a free whatever uh, I'll subscribe and then I'll unsubscribe um, very shortly after unless what they're delivering is of value but usually after the first few emails I know whether it is or not and so it, can, it tends to be cycled in and out pretty quickly 
So if you want to have a chat about the one in one out process with other people, uh, you can join us in our Be Uncluttered um, Facebook community group. Uh, we like to have people in there chatting away about stuff. Um, Tara and I tried to do a live in there this morning. and <laughs> We had the worst technical difficulties. So we ended up doing two individual lives uh, this morning but occasionally we drop in there as well and um, do a live video or or post something like that so uh, come and join us have a chat about it tell us what you do a one in one out or tell us if you've done a one in more out and how it's worked for you as well and we will see you here next week thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered if you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.